Amen. Good morning. So good to see everyone this morning. I am, I'm very excited. I'm actually very excited to share this message with us. Um, and I want to give you the clickbait title to keep your attention so that hopefully I will keep you hanging on and wondering what the answer is and then let you down at the end. Um, but I'm going to give you the title and then Austin is going to come up and he's going to share something shortly with us and then I'm going to carry on. And so what I want to talk about this morning is how to overcome and find breakthrough in every single hardship. Check everyone's like, okay, tell me, tell me how to do that. And it's not what you think. Austin. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Okay, um, yeah, I just pray that the Spirit would come and move this morning. Um, yeah. So, 2020, uh, 2019, I got saved, um, and uh, I got saved from living one way and going a completely different way. Like, God took me that way and took me a completely different way. And um, after getting saved, everything just started to go upwards for me. It was incredible. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, I think a scripture that comes to mind is uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, you know, for, the, for, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. And that was like my theme, I thought, like God was like, he took me and I was like, oh, I have a father now, um, you know, I have a creator and he's going to, he's taking me. And it was up, up, up and up. Everything just like went better and better and better. My, my work environment became uh, healthier because I learned to submit to authority. Finan my finances became better because I, I looked and I asked for help, you know. Um, I asked Nick for help and he, and he gave me advice on, on, on finances. And so um, everything just started going up and up and up and up. And so I made the Springbok team uh, early 2020 um, in, yeah, early 2020. And then COVID hit. And that was like a bit of a, you know, roller coaster. Um, and then at the end of 2020, um, I, uh, I was like, okay, Lord, 2021, it's our year, you know, and I still prayed. I said, I felt the theme that the Lord wanted me to go through was uh, he wanted to humble me. I was like, I was like, okay, cool, God, I want to be humble. Yeah, I want to be humble, you know, and, uh, and, and the next was I wanted to be a real man. I was like, yeah, so I'm going to grow a beard, like it's going to be cool, you know, like <laughs> going to gym, you know, like it's going to be lacquer. And uh, I remember starting 2021 off like, okay, Lord, this is our year. No injuries. We're going to go. World champion, baby. World champion. And, uh, and I started training. And, and I remember the first, I think, two weeks of January, I was sparring with a guy. And he burst both of my eardrums in, in, in a sparring session, which is very unlikely to happen. Just one is unlikely. Both in the same session. Yeah. So... First injury of the year, burst eardrums, you know. Then, then, then shortly after that, um, I was sparring with a, with a guy and, uh, and I ended up breaking my wrist. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm like, no way. It's like, what's going on? I didn't know it was broken, but I eventually went to a professor and, and he said, no, it's broken. I need to have surgery. And so I got completely derailed. You know, I was going, going to the championships now, you know. And anyway, I have to have surgery. I had surgery on the wrist. They removed the bone in my wrist um, that was lodging between the other bones. Um, and then after the surgery, in the recovery period, um, I developed stomach ulcers uh, from the anti-inflammatories. And so I started to just, like basically fade away. I couldn't train. I couldn't eat. 
So all my muscles started to like basically just fall off and all my strength started to, to, to dwindle. Um, I, I was in immense pain. Every time I you know, wanted to eat, I'd be like in immense pain for months, maybe five, six months of immense pain, not knowing what was going on. Eventually, I, I recovered from my wrist, and I, now I start to fight for my life. I start to fight for my life. I start to fight for my strength back. I, I start going back to, 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 to training, and, um, and, and, and I, I go on the match the one day, and there's a guy from France and a guy from Brazil, and, and they're like, you know, like, we're going to do grading tomorrow. Like, you should come. And, like, you know, the carrot before the, the donkey, I'm like, yes, you know, new bulk. Like, I would love a new bulk, you know. So I went, and I basically just got... Like the, like the floor wiped with me, and unfortunately, I herniated a disc in my back, uh, which is a very serious injury. I don't know if anyone's ever had that before, but it's really, really bad. So to give you an idea of how much pain that is, if, if I wasn't standing dead straight or laying flat on my back, I was in an immense amount of pain. Um, so the next three, three, three to four months was just horrific, you know, just really suffering. And I'm like, all, all throughout this period, I'm thinking like, yo, Lord, like, wasn't this supposed to be our year? You know, wasn't this supposed to be, you know, the year that we were going to be champion? You know, like, like you were gonna, I was going to be a man. Like, and I thought, look, this is looking very different to what I was expecting. Um, and then further down the line, you know, I kept on um, fighting again. You know, fighting, started to run again. This is towards November, I think. Um, I ended up going on a run, and in a freak accident, I, I, I tear ligaments in my ankle. Um, and uh, you would think you would think that I'd be done now. Like maybe I should just sit down. You know, like like have you seen that meme that like sit down, Susan or whatever? Like, but no, 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 no. A couple couple weeks later, my, my back still feeling good. My ankle might be out, but I thought let me you know try jujitsu again. You know, because my chiropractor said the only way we can know if your back is properly healed is if you go back to jujitsu. So I said yes, that's what I want to hear. I'll go, and uh, and I went back. And the first day that I was back. I rolled with a guy who's about 140 kilograms, and, uh, and I felt all 140 kilograms on my back, and my back went again. Boom. Herniated disc. And so anyway, the, 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 the point that I, that I, that I want to make here is that my, my perspective was that for me to actually prosper and physically do well and dominate, and you know, that was actually you know, God's will for my life, and that was, you know, like, that was a blessing from God, you know? Um, but something that really stuck with me, you know, like is throughout that period, I remember reading Job, you know, and um, I'm sure you guys know the story of Job. You know, Job was a very blessed man. And um, Job, had, Job had seven sons, three daughters, you know, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, 500 donkeys and many servants. You know, everything was going well for this guy. He was literally the most blessed person on earth and probably the most pious person on earth at that time as well. He didn't just pray if he made a mistake. He prayed for his children in case they would make a mistake. He made sacrifices for them. So he was like really like above board, you know. Um, and one day in, in, in a moment, you know, the devil comes to, to, to God and pre presents himself and basically decides to um, uh, test. He says, oh, like, you know, like, have you seen Job? And the devil's like, yeah, I've seen him, but he's got everything going for him, you know. And uh, basically, long story short, I'm sure you guys know the story. Um, the devil just puts Job through hell. Everything gets taken away from him. All his sheep, all his oxen, you know, all his cattle, you know, all his servants, they all get struck down, dead, you know, taken. Eventually, even his sons are dead and his daughters are dead. He's left with nothing. 
And again, the devil comes, comes back to the Lord. And the Lord says, have you, have you seen Job? He's still, he's still praising him because Job doesn't stop praising. He says, from, from the earth I came with nothing, to the earth I'll, I'll leave with nothing. And, um, and then there's this moment that's really profound where Job is, he, like the devil comes again and, and strikes him with, 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 with sores all across his body. And he's like, really not doing well. He's sick, you know, and, 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 and weak. And he's like, I imagine this picture of him on the floor, just like, like on the floor. And his wife comes to him and says, are you still maintaining your innocence? You've obviously done something wrong. Are you still maintaining your innocence? You should curse God and die. And Job says to her, you're speaking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And that's the question I'm going to leave you guys with today. Dan. So I want to start with this question. What do you believe about hardship and difficulty? Not, not what do you say you believe. Not what do you tell others you believe or not even what you... What do you live out? Because when you truly believe something, it affects the way you live. <clears throat> and when you go through hardship or difficulty, what is the truth that you live out? Because very often, it can be the thing that we live out of is like, I'm going through difficulty, but, you know, I know God loves me. But in the back of your mind, you withdraw, you get upset with God, you push distance, you go, why would you do this to me? What is going on? You pull your heart back. How often is our response to hardship and difficulty to shrink back or get upset or struggle, become uncertain? And I felt like there is something that the Lord wants to put inside of us in the way that we handle hardship and difficulty. And so I, I wanted to pick up on that, that, that uh, Lucas two weeks ago was touching on the truth and lies. And one of the things that you have to understand is we live in a secular world. Even if you have your Christian home with your scripture on the front door or on the back of the toilet door or the scripture readings or it doesn't matter how your house looks. We live in a secular world that is feeding you this. Your truth is what you want it to be. But as a believer, as somebody who believes in Jesus, believes in what he did for us on the cross, believes the Bible, believes what the Bible says is true, we actually have to live a very different way. And your truth is not the truth. <laughs> But actually, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So my question is, when I find hardship and difficulty, what is my first response? Because actually, do you know that the Lord wants us to overcome and find breakthrough? But it's not what we think it looks like. How often, it's probably just me, when I'm going through something difficult, doesn't it consume your prayer time? It's like you have no time to pray, but when you run out of money, all of a sudden you've got time. You're like, God, can you help me? I need you. Or when things are going really well, it's, you know, there's not much time for connection and I'm super busy, but when things are hard and difficult, it's like, God, deliver me, help me, save me. <clears throat> because so often we believe that if God is loving, and this is what I want to emphasize today, how can God allow for this to, this is definitely not, God doesn't want us to go through hardship. 
And I believe there is something completely opposite to that. I think hardship and difficulties and trials do something inside of us that nothing else can do and produces something inside of us that without hardship you'll never get. And I want you to understand this, that there is these lies that creep in from the devil. How does Jesus describe the devil? He calls him the, the father of lies, the, the murderer, the thief. And so I want you to understand that when we get influenced by the lies of the world or by what we want to believe about my difficulties or this can't be God or the world is in chaos and I develop this negative lens on everything, I want you to understand that when you fall for the devil's lies, it's not just to make you feel good. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your faith in Jesus. And so in hardship, the devil has a plan and a purpose and an agenda. And maybe you find yourself now, maybe there's a relationship drama, maybe a work stress. Maybe you've got financial pressure or you've got all these external things that are weighing on you so heavenly. And I'm telling you that the devil is knocking at your door trying to convince you and, and let you believe that this will kill your faith. Actually, no ways. If if you're going through this declin, then he doesn't love you. You must have done something wrong. Like Job's wife. If you're going through a hardship, you, better, you probably deserved it. Just so we can relate to each other. Who has ever experienced a very painful or difficult thing in their life? Look around you. It's everybody. In the pain... The devil has a plan, but in your pain, God has a purpose. And his purpose is not to take you out of it or remove it from you, but instead to help you endure it because of it would, what it will produce inside of you. We all want Declan's body, but we're not willing to do the hard work that Declan does. We all, I mean... It's, it's one of my favorite things to watch is, you know, if you're scrolling on YouTube, you'll see all of a sudden there'll become this sponsored ad of this guy with abs. And he's like, you're doing it wrong. Don't eat vegetables and exercise and don't live healthy. I eat pizza and junk food and do whatever I want. You can be like me. Just give me money and I'll tell you the secret. Because we all want to believe that there is amazing things for us without hardship. We all want the benefits. I want the abs. I want the muscles. I want the fitness. I want the, the jawline. But I don't want to do the work, and I don't want to eat the right stuff, and I, I don't want to do any of that. And because there is something that the devil, and it's from the devil, and it comes inside of our flesh, that when we look at hardship, we think, no ways. This, this is bad, and so it makes me down. It makes me anxious. It steals my joy. When I'm going through difficulties, I can't have a quiet time. I just get up in the morning. I drag myself to work. Life becomes just this constant grind when you suffer a trauma or a tragedy. It's like there's no way. And this morning, I want to say there is purpose in pain. I want to read this scripture. We're going to start with this one. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. I want you to understand that you're not the exception. We're all so easily blinded. And it says this, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact 
likeness of God. The devil's strategy, he doesn't come as a tyrant who slashes your cars in the parking lot or steals money out your bank account. Because as Christians, that's often what we like, oh man, the devil's just having a field day with me. I had a puncture the other day and it was like, it must have been the devil. Or man, my my finances are a mess and I'm in debt. It, It must be the devil. Because we assume any kind of difficulty must be, must be it, can't, it can't have anything to do with God. It must be the devil. Because only he would give me a flat tire instead of the, the, the small lies that creep in that actually want to ruin your faith and destroy you. Like when you come to church on a Sunday morning and you are in the red and you're, I don't know why I'm using finances. Maybe the Lord wants to talk to us about finances. And you come here overwhelmed in debt or not being able to pay bills or maybe there's something that's happened and you come to church and you go and you want to worship and everything inside of you can't connect because I'm going through this hard thing and now I must say that he's, I want to build my life on his foundation and I can't connect with God. That is the lie of the devil. Not the puncture that slowed you getting to church on Sunday morning. The one that when I go through difficulties, I withdraw from people and isolate myself because I need, I need to get away or I can't. That's where the enemy comes to still steal, kill, destroy. The enemy has a plan and his plan is to deceive you into being dismayed and disappointed and he wants to crush your faith. And he wants to use hardship to do it. But God has a plan and a purpose for you too. And it also involves hardship. And it produces something else. So how would our lives looked? How would our lives looked? Great English. How would our lives look if we actually believed what the Bible said about difficulties? How would your Monday through Friday, not your Sunday morning, because we can all put on a brave face for one hour and 45 minutes, No, no, no. How would your life look if you believed what the Bible said about hardship, about suffering, about persecution, about how would your life actually live if you took what the Bible said as truth and you lived that? Because the reality is we read it and we agree with it, but very often we don't believe it because we don't live it. If you really believe what it says, you live what it says. I'll give you an example. Romans 5 verse 3 to 5. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. We're like, negative. What? This is, the Bible says, we can rejoice. That doesn't look like, rejoice is not this, by the way. We can rejoice when we face problems and trials, for we know that they help to develop endurance. Ray, are you able to get fit in these long-distance races without training? Can you not sit on the couch and watch it? If I, if I watch when you film those things on YouTube, if I watch those, will they get me ready for the race? Not at all. So you're saying only by doing it, I can get fit enough to do it. That only by going through hardships and trials will endurance be developed inside of me. Do you know that if the Lord took away everything difficult from your life, you would be able to produce no fruit. You would have no perseverance. Help us develop endurance. And endurance, what does it do? Endurance develops strength of character. Actually, so without hardship and difficulties, you cannot develop godly character. You can't become like Jesus unless you face hardship. Huh? I thought this was going to be nice. 
I thought you were going to give us the keys, like, just do this one thing and you'll never face a difficult moment in your life again. No, no, no. It's a promise from Jesus. You will face difficulty. In this world, you will have trouble. And I'm not just saying small things. I'm saying life-changing, life-altering, traumatic events that you want to run away and hide and lose your faith. In those moments, God wants to develop character inside of you. When somebody does you in, when family hurts you, when relationships pain you, there is something of character that God is building inside of you which is more precious than even breakthrough. Endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. It means when we go through difficult things and it gives us character, that character affects our salvation in a way that when things get tough, we don't blame God and run away. That when things get tough, when I've, when I've developed character, there is a hope of salvation that I have whenever I face anything. When I go into a situation that looks dismal and like there's no hope, or when I feel like the walls are closing in around me and I'm anxious and I, I can't sleep because I'm stressed or concerned about my business or the business or not finding work or having too much work or whatever it is, Character inside of you will give you a hope of salvation that when you're in those moments, the last thing you do is go, oh God, where are you? It's exactly like Jesus and the disciples. Where is God in the difficulty? In the boat with you. And do you know what this hope will do? This hope. Because there's other hopes. There's other hopes that say load shedding has just become a thing. It's not just a part of our, it's like our daily Quiet time, just plan it around load shedding. You can't have any internet anyway. Oh, this country is going to the dogs. Look at the rand. I'm going to immigrate. I want to get out of here. Help. Whoop. Art. Start browsing. I'm going to immigrate. I want to get out of this country. This country is going to the dogs. It's going to be like Zimbabwe again. There is something in this that we are facing that wants to produce character inside of us. And that character will give us hope of salvation. And that hope does not disappoint. Everything else disappoints. You get on the plane, you fly overseas, in three weeks you're in the same place in a different country. Because you get there and you realize it's just as bad everywhere because the devil was the king of this world. And so no matter what we're going through, the key is not to try and pull the ejector seat and get out and trust God for my breakthrough. And you know, it's the easiest thing. If I wanted to get responses for my ego's sake on a Sunday morning, I would just do this. Okay, guys, I feel like God wants to give you breakthrough in every difficult area. Come to the front. We'll lay hands on you. Everybody's got faith for that. Everybody's like, I'm coming to the front. I want God to fix my, I need my Mercedes. <laughs> My BMW's got an oil leak. I need God to, hey, oil. Isn't that the case? No. It's so easy because there's a part of us that just wants out of hardship and difficulty. But God has made it that the longer you stay in it, the less it starts to affect you and the more it starts to actually strengthen you. And eventually, hardship gets to a point where Romans 5 is like, I rejoice when I see hardship. Because I know, oh my goodness, We've got no money this month. <laughs> you know what that means. 
it's so funny. Um, I think for a lot of people, that's the ultimate fear, is that you would go from, because fear is rooted in either losing what you have or not getting what you want. Those are the main driving forces behind anxiety. Getting, not getting what I want, getting what I don't want, or losing what I have. Those are very often the roots of anxiety. So not getting what I want. I, I want that job. I want that promotion. I want that house. I want that career. I want that success. Not, or getting something I don't want, cancer, sickness, disease, death, family member, health, or losing what I have. And instead, when God comes into those situations, like Job, whether you lose it or whether you get something you don't want, like Job sits there scraping the boils off his skin with a clay pot. Sif image. <laughs> it's in those moments, in the hardship that you're facing right now, there is an opportunity for your hope of salvation to grow and improve ne like never before. This hope doesn't disappoint. Why not? Because we know how dearly God loves us. Because, we know, because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Or this one, James 1, verse 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What kind of troubles? Anyone. Any kind. When you face what kind of troubles? Any kind of troubles. But if you believe this is true, that joy is not like, oh, thank you, Jesus, i got no money. Thank you, God, for my boss. Drives me crazy, doesn't listen to me. Thank you, God, for my children who never listen to anything I have to say. No, 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 that there is something inside of us that when the pressure gets turned on, that there's something inside of us that comes alive. That actually that knows, yes, this is going to be painful, but I also know what it's going to produce inside of me. I'll give you an example. I didn't put this in my notes, but you can go and check it. Who knows the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? But basically what happens is there's these wise men in the kingdom, and um, the way we often know the story is that there were these three guys that wouldn't bow down to worship idols, and so God saved them out the fire, and God got all the glory, and we're like, yes, the, the moral of the story is that God saved them out the fire. Can I ask you a question? Who put them in the fire? So there's this interesting passage, if you read before it, and what happens is Daniel interprets one of the king's dreams. And when he interprets that dream, he says to Daniel, Daniel, is a reward for interpreting my dream? And who helped Daniel interpret the dream? The Lord. So God helps Daniel to interpret the king's dream. Then he says, I want to reward you with anything that you want. So Daniel's first reward is to remember his friends. He says, okay, cool. Because you helped me, I want, to, I want my friends to be made rulers and officials. The next chapter starts with this. King Nebuchadnezzar called the rulers and the officials to a meeting where he put up this idol and he said, every time the trumpet blows, you bow down to it. Who's there? It's not the whole nation. 
it's only the rulers and the officials, the ones that God has just promoted. And so God puts them in the situation where they get thrown into the fire because if they weren't promoted, they wouldn't have been in that meeting. <laughs> if they weren't in that meeting, they wouldn't have got thrown in the fire. And so easy, I can imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Can you imagine when you get the promotion, isn't it so easy to see God's goodness, hey? It's like, uh, you always get, you know, guys are like, I'm trusting God for this job opportunity. And when it comes through, it's like, thank you, Lord. Yes, I got the job. Oh, God's hand is on me. He's opening doors. He's my provider. He's Jara. He's amazing. Who can be for me if God is with me? Whoa, got that like uh, power. Here we go. I'm excited about everything. You get to the job. You got the worst line manager in the world. You micromanages you and gives you hell on earth. Oh, devil, get behind me. God gave me this promotion. It would never be to be under a terrible manager. Only God. This promotion comes from God. The devil, I rebuke you. And then six months later, we like, God. Uh, God, I rebuke you. I don't want this job anymore. I want to leave. It wasn't what I thought it was. And the thought never crosses our mind that in the beginning, God gave you that promotion because there is something inside of you that he wants to make look more like him and he wants to give you a hope. And that hope can only come through hardship. And his children are saying, stop, 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 stop the pain, stop the pain. And he knows that if he stops the pain, you won't finish the race. And so actually, he loves you enough that he doesn't just put you in the difficulties, he's with you like the fourth man in the fire. And that's why my hope is not that this will end, but my hope is based on when the Bible says, he will never leave me or forsake me, that there's nothing that can separate me from his love. You see, the key to breakthrough is finding Jesus in the middle of hardship. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Who's perfect and complete? Any of you? Newsflash, there is a chance that you are still gonna face hardship then. Because only hardship will get you to that point. So when you're perfect and complete, it will stop. I think Enoch got there. Taken away. I was surfing with Andrea a while back, and there was lightning. It was the day when there was freak lightning. And we were trying to decide, like, I'm from Joburg. So in Cape Town, you guys hear, boo, 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 and it's like, ah, get under the table, quickly. Like, it's going off. In Joburg, it's like it's striking the road outside your house all the time. You're like, oh, okay. At least it was the neighbor's dog, not mine. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. In Benoni, we had a guy walking across the field outside our house. Lightning hit him. He died in the, in the field. It's, every time the lightning blew, if you forgot to turn off the router, it was blown. Every single time. And I'm in Cape Town, and we're getting ready, and there's this, like, rumble in the background. And just like, oh, no, we could get struck. I'm like, what? That's not even lightning. Like, normally, when your hair starts to stand on end, then you get nervous. Uh, should we go out? Should we go out? 
And I was saying to Andrew, do you know what the worst thing probably is? I think the worst thing about being struck by lightning and going is that everybody will assume that God had a bone to pick with you. I think, I think that's why dying by lightning strike would be the worst thing. I can you imagine it's like two pastors struck by lightning. Everyone's like, yep, hidden sin, hidden sin. I told you there's something wrong with those guys. One Peter one verse six. So be truly glad. Why? Because there is wonderful joy ahead. Not just in that life, in this life. This is the key to finding joy in this life because this life is full of hardship. I don't want to Austin's story, that's why I asked him to share it. I wanted you to see that we all I remember the first time I heard that I was thinking, going like, and then you did what? And then that, and then oh my goodness. I hear the story now, and I'm like, Jesus really loves him. Because MMA was trying to steal his heart. And he wanted to put his hope and his strength in his ability. And Jesus knew that if if Austin is to do the things that God has for him, the biggest problem that Austin will face is Austin. And so when he puts him through hardships and trials, it will refine him and start to build character inside of him. And that character is what will help him endure to the end. If God just took away the little bit of difficulty every time you had it, how many of us would be able to persevere through anything? There is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials, not even one or two, I'm sorry. Even though you must endure many trials, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. What you say you believe, these trials will prove what you really believe. And it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is even more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. There's a saying about a guy called uh, G. Michael Hopf. He's an author and it says, Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. I say that's a summary of the history of the human race. The victory is not the end of hardship, but it's enduring despite it. If I come back to the title, how do we find breakthrough and overcome every hard time? It's finding Jesus in the middle of what you're going through. Because if you're able to do that, you lose the fear of hardship. Because when you're a baby Christian, the first time you face difficulty, you think, God, what have you done? I thought it's all plan and purpose and future and destiny and calling, and now it's hard. Where are you? What's going on? But the more mature you become, every time you face difficulties and hardship, you start to realize, okay, Lord, you're in this. Where are you in this? You know, I, I'm going to land shortly. I, I, I wanted to emphasize this morning that talk is cheap. It's so easy for someone to get up here and tell you that God wants to be in your hardship. Like, who's this young, well, I'm not even young anymore. <laughs> who's this pipsqueak telling us that, like, hardship is good for us? What, what does he know? What has he been through? And I want to say that the pain and the, un- there is nothing unique about what you have experienced in your life because 
all of us have experienced tremendous pain. And the older you are, the more pain you've experienced. And the more opportunity for the devil to bring discouragement in there is. And so maybe some of the younger people haven't faced as much hardship and adversity, but I want you to know that every single one of us endure the same level of hardship and difficulty and pain and losing loved ones or sickness. Or In my life two years ago, I'd been in ministry from, I think when I was, that's my mom and dad, by the way. They came to surprise us this morning. I think I came onto Oship when I was like 20. So I, I, I was serving as a full-time elder when I was 20 years old already. And so I, and I started leading a church like when I was 23. And for me, that was just my life. And then Andrew had me, um, he, somehow the Lord did it through Andrew. I preached at conferences in front of thousands of people. And we flew to different countries to go and teach and build church and and inside of me, and then in a moment, there was, there was stuff going on inside of my life that God was working out and working in. And there was sin that came out of my life that I would try to shut and hide and put away. And in a moment, it was, we, Sam and I were chatting, it's two years ago, October, in November, two years ago, when I was, I was stepped down from ministry, and I had a conversation with Andrew, and he, and he said to me, Dan, I love you. And I wouldn't do this any different even if you were my own child. But we feel like you need to, find, you need to step out of ministry completely and go and, and find work and, and just, just find God outside of ministry. And I promise you, it might not sound like a big deal for you, but we lost everything. It was like... Literally, we, we were joking. I just decided to sell the car before that. And then uh, we, were moved, we were asked to leave the house we were staying in. So we literally, we, we didn't have a car. We didn't have a home. We, and then because there was this awkwardness of I was stepped down and I was a leader, our friends didn't know how to relate to us. And so we were literally, a, well, there was one or two. He knows who he is. Hey, Stefan. Um, there was literally a few, but... It, out of just being surrounded and swarmed by people and guys wanting to meet you and get to know you to a coffee date after every meeting and a lunch after every church meeting and to nothing, no one. And I remember th there were times in that moment, especially in the beginning, where I was like, I just want to die. I actually don't want to, I can't even go through this. And I definitely don't want to lead a church again. <laughs> That's something I said a lot in the last two years. And there was something that God wanted to do inside of me that can't come through success in ministry, but it can only come through deep pain and hardship. And there is something that Jesus did inside of me. There's something inside of me that's, that, that gets refined by fire. And so I understand this morning that I'm not just here telling you do better or look to Jesus. I'm saying in a very real way, I want you to open your eyes and find Jesus in the difficulties because there is a purpose in the things that you're going through and he wants to use it to refine you. And he wants to refine you because he wants to give you a hope that will never disappoint you. Everyone else in this room is likely to disappoint you. But Jesus will never disappoint you. 
John 16, 33, it says, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. Jesus wants you to live at peace. Here on earth, you will face many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Romans 8, verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Like the scriptures would say, for, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus who loved us. And so the emphasis that I want to bring this morning is that the world is in an economic disaster. And there is no promise or hope of it ever getting better. There is a promise and a hope of Jesus coming back. There is a promise and a hope that if it gets harder, you will become more like Jesus the more you go through hardship. And so the challenge from the Lord this morning is how would you let it shape you? I wonder if we can stand. I'd love to. I'd love to just pray with this. For this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. I wonder, maybe you're facing something at the moment. I don't know what it is. It could be um, calamity or trouble, or relationship or finances, whatever it is. I wonder if you can just respond to the Lord. If, if you're in a situation where you're like, God, I really need you in this, this difficulty right now. I really need you right now. I wonder if you could just lift your hands. I want to pray with us this morning. I want to pray that the Lord would come. Lord Jesus, would you come and show us that in the middle of our circumstance right now, it's not that you'll take it away, but that what you will do in us in this moment. I felt this morning as I was preparing this, that there's even like, um, I felt there's mental illness stuff where, where there has been a massive disappointment in God. Maybe it's depression or bipolar. Or I, I don't know what it is. But I, I really felt like there's a disappointment in God because of this. And I felt like the Lord wanted to say, even in that, there's hope. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? God, we look to you. A hope of salvation. Father, I want to pray for for those of us who feel so overwhelmed by everything going on right now. Finances, state of the country, job, family, relationships. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, would you open our eyes that in the middle of where we are right now, Jesus, that we could just see you. That we could just see you with us. Like Shadrach, Mishan, Meshach and Abednego that in the fire we would know that you're with us God I pray for your mercy on us you know how much we can endure I thought the Lord wanted to remind some of us that this morning that he knows how much you can endure and I almost feel like some of us feel like you're in this spot because you, you almost blame yourself and I feel like the Lord is saying, even in you, in the, in the situation you find yourself in, even if you're blaming yourself, He's in it with you. And He wants to use it to produce something inside of your life. There is a character that He wants to grow inside of you. 
So Father, I ask, would you come by your power this morning? Would you come and break into our hearts and into our lives? Jesus, would you open our eyes? And I pray that even though our situation might not change right now, I pray that our outlook would change right now in the name of Jesus. I pray where people have felt despondent and discouraged and like they can't see, I pray that you would open our eyes, that we could see that what we're going through right now, that you're in it and you're with me and that's enough for me. I'm going to read the scripture verse. But we are pressed down on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. For through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And Jesus, I pray right now that your life would be seen in our bodies, that your life would be seen in our countenance, in the way that we carry ourselves, in the way that we see our every single day. Because we are crushed but not broken. Come Lord Jesus. Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would fall upon us. That we would never be the same. That we would see you as you are. Such a faithful and an incredibly loving God. In your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen.